If you aren't bringing on the right team, you literally can't scale. Like you can't move that business where you want it to go if you don't have the right foundation. Welcome to Scaling Simplified. A weekly conversation diving into our knowledge of teams, finance, strategies, and startups to help you scale a business you're not a slave to. I'm Pip. And I'm Georgia. And between us, we have over 20 years of experience in big corporates and small startups to share with you. Let's dive in. Today, we are talking about the seven secrets of seven-figure teams. So really, we're talking about how do you create your dream team? You know, that team that's always one step ahead of you. They're great at their job. They love working with you. You love working with them. They show up every day to deliver. And really, they're there to help you achieve that long-term vision. So that is what we're focusing on today. How do we build that out into our dream team? I love this topic, but I think first, Georgia, we should really dive into why it's so important for us to get a really strong team behind us. Well, the first thing is if you have a bad team, it will cost you money. You will be spending money on little to no or bad outputs and it's going to cost you your time because if you're dealing with team issues all the time or you're getting outputs which aren't what you want your focus and time is then going to be spent trying to fix this trying to speak to team members and quite frankly when you're spending all your time and money trying to get an output and it's not what you want your sanity can go pretty quickly can't it 100% and also your focus I think we've all spoken like I've coached numerous business owners and when teams are working well it is life saving when they're not working well the time and effort you need to put in that to fix things or tweak things it totally drains your attention and your focus from what you need to be working on and plus it's just not fun it's like having badly behaved children nobody wants that <laughs> so yeah we we want to get it you know fun for everyone for them and for us as the business owners totally agree and also team costs are large there are large fixed costs for most businesses in fact it's generally really in service businesses, it's probably going to be your largest expense. In a product-based business, it's going to be your largest expense barring your inventory. And so if you don't get it right, it can be really detrimental financially for your business. You have to know that this investment you're making your team is giving you the output and that return that you won. And so if you don't get this right, it's not only just a waste of your time and your sanity, but it really could be the start of the demise of your business. And that is 100% not what we're looking for. Yeah, a good team can really add a lot of profit and so many different things to your business. So by really making sure that it's functioning well, you're on the right track. Plus, if you aren't bringing on the right team, you literally can't scale. Like you can't move that business where you want it to go if you don't have the right foundation. You've got to think about, okay, building this team out in the direction that I'm eventually going to want to go with this business. And how will this team support that vision? And I think it's really important when it comes to team to really think about from the team member's perspective, what do people actually want from work? Because it's all fine and well and us going, what do we want? But I think if we put team member first, we can really then help to ensure that we're giving people what they want. And then that means we're going to get what we want out of them. So for me, I think one of the biggest things that team members want is some form of challenge. They want interesting work, right? We all want to show up to work every day and have something that stretches us in a comfortable way. You're not stretched too far. You're stretched in a really safe, like held way but we do have interesting work. And I think it's really important that when we think about this with our team, that we're trying to understand 
where we can provide challenge and what that challenge might look like for different types of team members in different roles. So we can provide them interesting work because our businesses are really cool. And depending on what your business is, you're going to have some really interesting work in your business. You might not necessarily think of it like that, but everybody has their own thing that they love doing. You know, if you're a copywriter, words are going to get you so excited. I mean, tell me to copyright. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, no, thank you. You're like, give me a spreadsheet though. And boy, I'm your girl for it. So I think it's really understanding like, what is that challenge for that individual? And I know, giggle away, hands up here, self-professed geek with my spreadsheet loving, but it's really understanding what is that, what is going to challenge that person? Because that's then really what we want about to get them right. I love that. I'm really laughing about how excited you got about spreadsheets, but it's true. That challenge is what is it that's just on the edge of their skill set that they're going to be really excited to get better about. And then the next thing I think that's key is purpose. And this is such a big word that's thrown around. And I'm not saying, you know, purpose in terms of they're going to change the world within your business, but they're working towards something or within something that feels bigger than themselves. And they want to feel inspired to be within whatever environment you're creating. Now, it could be purpose around the work that you're doing in your business, or it could be that you're inspiring them as a leader. It could be that, yes, they believe in the business, but they believe in you and they really want to work with whatever you are offering to people. Perhaps they buy into your vision of creating more freedom in your work or being able to live a life that you actually enjoy, like the work and the home, getting that balance. You know, there's something in this business that they are buying into and is giving them kind of a purpose and a vision and something to motivate them. Yeah, I agree. It's so important that people feel like they're part of something bigger that's what we all want in life right we want to be part of something and I think that leads on to then the third part of what do people want from work we want to be part of something but we also want to be paid fairly for what we do right we're not just turning up out of the goodness of our hearts to slave away and not get paid and rewarding people is really really important and we'll talk a bit more in this episode and in other episodes about ways that you can reward your team you know sometimes financially and sometimes in other ways but actually paying people fairly and giving them a reward for their work is so important you know people need to pay their bills it's really important that you do pay your team fairly and you recognize how far you've got because of the work that they've done for you, right? And I think that's something that sometimes we can forget about in trying to understand where our costs are and where we're trying to get. There are people here too. And what can we do to ensure that we're rewarding them for their work so they feel really valued, not just in the output that they're giving and the good words that we're giving them, but also they feel financially valued for the work that they're putting in because people work really, really hard in small businesses. And I think it's only fair that as small business owners, we see that, we recognize that and we support that. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Because if you have the challenge element, you know, you're doing something that's challenging and it gives you purpose, but you're not being paid for it then essentially it's a hobby. So Mm -hmm. we can't really ask people to come into our businesses and work for free or be underpaid within them. So that's what our teams want, um, just some of it, a snapshot. But what do we need from them to make this work? And I would say the number one thing has got to be around communication. We need to get good at communicating, not just in terms of what is the role, what are we trying to build, what's our vision, but also what do you need? What do you need to be happy in this role? What do you need to be supported? What do you need from me to do a good job here? 
and really getting those communication channels working well. So my number one would be communication. I'd love to add on to that. So the next thing that I think we really want from our team are people that are inspired. We want people that show up every day and love what they do and they're passionate about what they do because that helps give us as business owners passion and helps us keep our passion going as well. There is nothing better than getting on a team call. And I can think of examples when I've done this, I've come to my team with an idea and you can just see the light bulbs go off in their brains as they're feeding into this. They see it from a slightly different way. They love what we're trying to achieve. And you can see that inspiration that you've kind of helped create, but that doesn't come from just you as a business owner. It also comes from the fact that your team are bought in and they have all these ideas. And so I think having a team that get behind your mission. We're coming back to that purpose piece that team members are looking for. But if they they have that, we want that too. And so we want to make sure that we have people that are inspired in the same way, but slightly differently. So we can see things differently, but we want that inspiration in our work because that's what makes having a team really fun. Yeah. And if they're inspired, it goes without saying that you're going to get good work. You know, they're producing work that they want to produce. They're putting energy into it. They're excited about it. They're bringing in new ideas and they're really delivering something that is going to be worthwhile to your business. So we definitely want good work from our teams, but our teams to be inspired to produce that good work. And I think also with that, although we want good work, part of what comes with good work is the ability to be able to input and to create challenge in the business and challenge us as business owners and challenge each other. And obviously you want this in a constructive way, in a positive way, but we don't want to be sat there with a whole set of identical clones or or yes people. We want to sit there and have people who are going to question our ideas and who are going to say, yeah, this is a great idea, but have we thought about X, Y, or Z? Or be able to feel confident enough to say, you know what, Pip, you've brought me into market the business. This is my speciality. I know you want to do this, but actually because of reasons A, B and C, I think we should be doing this as well. And so I think it's really important as business owners that we have people that are comfortable challenging and they're really comfortable bringing their ideas to the table. We could not do what we do by ourselves and synergy is such a thing you know one plus one equals three and finding those right team members we won't get synergy unless we have team members who are willing to come to the table and be able to speak openly and freely and bring their ideas to us yeah and also thinking about that synergy it's around shared values as well I think as a business owner if you haven't done this yet this is something that you should do think about what are your personal values and what are your business values what are the values of the business does that team member that you're bringing in do they share those values? Do they share that feeling of what is really important, like what the business is trying to build? Because if there is a difference in values, and if there's a big difference in values, it's not going to work long term, to be honest. So it's really important to have that shared value and that shared outlook on life because skills can be taught. All of that can be taught, but the, the values that a person have can't. So you need to make sure that those line up in the first place. Oh, 100% agree with you. I think that's the most important thing with team members. You can teach those skills, can't you? But you cannot teach values. They have to be aligned with you. And then coming back then to thinking about what our team members want. We obviously mentioned reward being the biggest one. We don't want our team members 
members to come along and basically be having a hobby in our business. So as a team owner and a team manager, we really want to understand what our team members want from their work, want from their career, want from their life. So we can help shape their role in a way that's going to work for both them and for ourselves. So for instance, in my team, I have a mum who needs to be able to work around school pickups and dropping the kids off at the various activities. I then have somebody who's a student who's working for me who needs to figure out all their work around their university work. We have somebody else who's a little bit older who wants to have more of the nine to five. And it's really important for her that she has time with team rather than flexibility of work. We have people who are more interested in financial rewards or being really challenged in their work. And I think what's really important is that we sit down and don't try and treat every team member exactly the same and thinking, if I give them this, they'll be happy. That's not the case. Different people want different things. And so really understanding what people want from their work, from their career means that we can then tweak their role to really suit them, which of then, of course, keeps them happy, keeps them producing good work, which then, you know, as a manager makes you happy because you have a team that's producing high level work and is happy and hopefully it's going to stay with you for the long term. That's brilliant, Pip. And I think we've talked a bit now about what our team wants from us and what we want from our team. So how do we bring this all together and put the right structure and the right people in place? As we've discussed, step number one, make sure you hire the right people. And this is around having a plan. You know, we've got to think about where is the direction of this business going? What's the bigger vision? How is this role going to contribute to that bigger vision? So instead of thinking, I need someone to do X, Y, and Z, we're thinking, what are the skills that I need to bring into the business in this role? What is the person going to be doing that's going to add value to this business? And we're looking for that person in that way. So we're not hiring someone to do a list of tasks. We're hiring someone because they have the right skills. They have the right values. They have that challenge level, that purpose, the reward that we are offering. So it's going to be a good long-term fit. Now, obviously, when we hire someone, doesn't always go according to plan. So when we're thinking about the actual hiring process, we want to hire slow, hire fast. This means that we are really getting prepared for this hire before we're 100% ready. We're already identifying, okay, there are some skills gaps here. There is a space here that I need some help or support. What could that look like? What might that look like? And we keep asking ourselves these questions as we get closer and we think, okay, let's bring them in. Let's bring in those skills because we know that those skills are important in the business and we can build that out as the business grows. So we can hire that person before we're ready. But if we then for example, hire from a place of panic, or we bring someone on that we're not sure about. If it isn't right, we need to say so sooner rather than later, because the emotional strain on yourself, the energy drain of trying to manage someone that isn't right within the business. If you have a bigger team, you know, that that theory of a bad apple within the team, it can really change the team dynamic very, very quickly. So don't be afraid to admit to yourself that you have made a mistake 
And actually it's better to, to help that person move on from the business than stay in it sooner rather than later. I totally agree. And to be honest, I've always found when I've hired the wrong person into the team and I've had that conversation and yes, it's hard. It's a hard conversation. None of us want to have it. But every time I've had that conversation, the team member was feeling the exact same way and they felt it wasn't a good fit for them too. And so I'm always have been really pleased to have brought things up quickly and dealt with these issues quickly because I think sometimes we get so in our mind about it being this horrible conversation we don't want to have we forget there's another person involved in this conversation too okay so once we have got our team in place and we've got the right people in place the biggest thing and obviously I'm going to say this as the systems queen but the biggest thing we need is to have these systems in place to support our team so that really means ensuring that we have our SOP so our standard operating procedures and our playbooks in place and this really is us documenting our business so as business owner we don't need to spend hours and hours and hours with new team members and current team members trying to explain to them what to do. What we want to do is have a whole set of processes in place where we can give people a high level overview of how this works and then say, look, look at this. This takes you through step by step how to actually achieve this task. And then as our team grows, we are then going to ensure that our team takes on more responsibility for this. But I think the thing with SOPs and playbooks is that we often get into this mindset where everything has to be perfect in our business and it needs to look as neat and as shiny as the front end. And when it comes to the back end of your business, done is better than perfect is really the key to things because your business is going to be changing all the time. And if you spend so much time trying to get everything detailed out perfectly, you're going to find that it changes before you've even even got that process of everything recorded correctly. And then you're back again at the start trying to re-record and recreate SOPs. So really just think about how can you document in the easiest possible way. I, for instance, love to use Loom. It's free and you can record and talk through what you're doing and, you know, use your mouse to really point out bits. Use Google Docs, use Asana, use whatever you need to record information for you. And then get your team to take on the responsibility for this. So all of my team members will have their own SAPs they're responsible for. They do the job day in, day out. So they know how to do the job far better than I ever will do. And often I'll find that my team will know shortcuts for things or do things in a far better way than I ever did. And so that's why it's really important that they're in charge of the SAP and they're in charge of updating the process of how something happens. Because if I did it all, or you as a business owner, we think we're doing it right, but actually we might be doing it a really slow, stupid way where our team member who is the expert comes in and goes, you know what, if we do this, we miss out steps two, three, four, five, and we can go straight to step six from step one way quicker. So really understanding that you're creating these SOPs and playbooks as you go and really thinking about it as this working set of documents. I also think the SOPs that, you know, if we try and do it as a business owner, we're too far removed from the daily task, as you say. For example, if you have a product-based business and you're regularly mailing stuff out and that mail system changes, there's one tweak, the login has changed, the password's different. We actually now have to put it in this category. You know, whoever is dealing with that process day to day, they need to re-record that process immediately so it's up to date. Yeah, 100% agree on it. Because if you add it to your list of things to do, it won't get done for six months and then you have a new team member come in and by that point, the knowledge has been lost. And the idea is that we want to keep that knowledge don't we in the business and moving then on from that 
the other thing that we really want to ensure is that we have this really clear communication with our team. We need to make sure that our team is not only bought into the vision, we have that communication of where we're taking the business, what we're trying to achieve, and making sure that everybody's on the same page of that, because it's so easy for us, I think, to forget to share the big vision with our teams. Everybody's in their little silos working really hard, and actually they don't realize that we're all working towards this big goal that you've got in your head that's going to happen at the end of the year, but you've not shared that information at all. And so we really want to ensure that we're keeping everybody on board with the big picture of what's happening, but then also the smaller picture details. The reason that we do this is so they then understand where their tasks fit in with everybody else. And so if something changes in their work stream or what they're doing, or there's something that's going to delay them, they then, because they understand the bigger picture, know to go, okay, well, this is going to be delayed. The product is not going to be ready on time. So I need to make sure that the lady who does marketing knows what's going on because she's going to have all this content with the dates which are wrong. And then customer services are going to be feeding the wrong information to customers who are asking for it. And whoever's updating the website's now got the wrong date of when the product's launching on the website. And so I think having that understanding and that communication between everybody on the team then helps us as business owners allow our team to help us because the conversations can be happening without us needing to be in every single conversation. And that just keeps things running so much more smoothly. And it keeps our team happy because there's nothing worse than being in a job where you have the responsibility for something, but you don't actually have the authority to be going and doing whatever you need to do to ensure that you can carry out your responsibility. So communication, the biggest thing I think you can make sure that you have to keep a really happy and really on it team. I would say if a team feels like it's not working properly, it's probably the communication you need to look to first. Um, It's so important. I remember working with a business owner just recently that really wasn't sure whether she had the right person in a role that she was looking after. And Actually, what it came down to was the communication. She was setting tasks for this person. Person's going off, sitting down, looking like they were super busy getting on with it, but actually wasn't quite sure they were doing the right thing. So that's where the problem was, you know, hours lost and this person running off to do what they thought they needed to do, but they weren't 100% sure that communication, the feedback loop just needed to be better. You know, go away, tackle this for an hour, come back with your questions, and then we can make sure you're on the right course. Also, one of the things we really need to think about is taking time to understand what's important to your team member, you know, as a leader or as a team member, one to the other, what's their priority? Why are they in this role? What is their objective? How can you make their priorities front and center for them and really help them succeed in that? And you're going to have to be a little bit flexible because you might think that there's a certain priority or something that needs to be first, but you've got to understand what is important for that team member, which then takes us on to dealing with issues quickly. So if you've got the communication going and you're understanding what is important to that team member, you'll know if there's an issue that comes up and you can deal with it quickly. But if you've been two heads down in your own role, slightly ignoring what's going on with your team, then you might not know that this issue is coming up. But when it does, you need to communicate on it, need to have these conversations, understand why it's come up. What is the problem? How do we move forward from this? And I think also with dealing with issues quickly, not only are we trying to help people in the moment, but we really want to set them up for success, right? We really need to think about how we onboarding our team members properly. How are we getting them to understand the business, what we're trying to achieve, our bigger vision, how the business works, 
who do you ask about what thing in the business as quickly as possible? There's nothing worse than somebody starting a new job and everybody's so busy doing their thing that they feel really kind of isolated and lost and they don't know who to ask if they have a question on this or marketing or whatever it might be. I think it's really important that we take that time to onboard our team properly and it's not just about that first day of working it's also making sure that we've built in that structure of regular catch-ups with our team members as they're getting on and in those first few months to really ensure that they're settling into the team well that they're enjoying the work if there's any blind spots or anything that they're struggling with that we can put that plan in place to help them get up to speed and then along with that it's not only just you know in these first few months it's the longer term how can we make sure that we're training our team to keep them up to speed with things the world is changing so quickly at the moment. And we've seen this, you know, with AI being talked about so much more, what can we do to support our team? So they're continuing to grow. And this will not only provide the challenge that they're looking for in their roles, but it also will help us as business owners, make sure that our businesses are moving forward and not getting too stuck in the past and too stagnant. The cool thing about being an online business owner is that we can move really quickly. And that's our competitive advantage compared to our bigger competitors is that we can move and adapt quickly. And we want to make sure that we're setting our team up to be able to do that by providing them this training and helping them understand what's happening and supporting them so they can support us in moving as quickly as possible in, in all the changes that will happen in our business. And this is really interesting because I'm thinking of this as I say this. I had a client who I started working with about two and a half years ago, and she was very much in this mindset of, okay, I get somebody into place and then they're just done. That's it. I've hired them. They're ready. They, they go and work. And she was really struggling with people then leaving because they were coming in and they weren't feeling supported enough and it's because she was so busy doing what she needed to do I don't think she quite understood how much time she needed to spend to help people be brought into the mission of what she was doing so we really worked together on this onboarding and training and really thinking about what people need and if somebody is here, what, where do we need them to be in a year's time? And what skills do we need them to develop so they're really able to step into this new role in a year's time? And this comes back to, you know, as we mentioned before, planning out your team and planning out what we're trying to achieve with our business. But in doing so, she then managed to get herself to a place where she'd train team members to then be able to train other team members and agency staff that were coming in in her busy season. And it, all it took was her taking that little bit of time to really understand what her team needed and share her skills down. And once she was able to do that, she was then able to create a process of people underneath her who could then do it to the next set of people coming in. And so it, it can make such a big difference if you take that little bit of time but it's a step that so often I think we miss because we feel so overwhelmed with everything going on in the business that we feel that we've always got to go to what's urgent and not necessarily what's actually important. That's music to my ears, that story. I think it's it's really key. Yes, when you take on a team, you will have to spend some time investing in training them. But then you can think about how that's going to look when the next team member arrives. So even as you're training them, you're thinking, I know I'm going to hire someone else. And this training is going to move to this person's responsibility. So I'm going to make it good enough or show them at this point, this is how we train someone. So they can already start thinking ahead for the next person. So do it once, do it really well. And then it can be repeated, not necessarily by you within your business. That's where our SOPs come in, right? That's where we need to SOP everything so we can 
and those tasks on over. Okay, so what are our seven secrets for seven-figure teams? Number one is planning. Hire the right people for the right roles. Don't copy what other people are doing in their business. Think about what skills you need in your business and where you're going to find them. Number two, panic hiring happens. Hopefully you'll only do this once and you'll learn from your mistakes, but hire slowly, fire fast. Let's try not to hire from a place of panic with thinking about it longer term. Number three, from the process queen herself, SOPs and playbooks are your life raft. Make sure you've got them in place. Don't keep all the responsibility for them yourself. Hand them over to the people that are actually doing those roles to create those SOPs and keep them up to date. Number four, clear and transparent communication. Communication, communication, communication. This is so important. Don't just get heads down on what you're doing. Let's communicate. And in the same vein, number five, listen. Listen to your team. When you're communicating, it's not just you telling. It's a conversation. You're hearing back from them. You're understanding what they need, what needs changing. You know, they have expertise that you don't. So listen to what your team is saying. Number six, deal with issues quickly. You know when something isn't working. Don't just bury your head in the sand and ignore it. You need to do something about this and you need to do something about it quickly. Deal with issues quickly. And number seven is all around support. So onboard your team properly, train them properly, and then continue to support them as they do their job brilliantly. Thank you for listening to Simplified Scaling. If you love this episode, please hit subscribe and leave us a five-star review. And if you know someone that would love this episode too, why not share it on your stories? And don't forget to tag us. We love it when you get in touch. Head to the show notes and drop us a DM or send us an email. We can't wait to hear about your business.